Good morning, Centerway Church. Well, can you believe it? We're in August already. Hope everyone is healthy and doing well. I'm Eric. I'm thankful that we get to gather online together. We want to welcome everyone on our live platform right now, including those gathering in watch parties. And hello to those watching or listening to this later. We really are so glad that you're choosing to be with us today. Now, a big hello to those joining us for the very first time today. Now, we're a church in the greater Rochester area, but whether you're local or joining us from anywhere in the world, welcome to our online gathering. You're about to hear some info that we talk through each week so that everyone can be on the same page. First, if you or someone you know needs assistance or prayer, we'd love to help any way that we can. Also, if you have ideas on ways to serve each other in this unique season, please email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. We love the opportunity to continue to resource you in this season, and there are opportunities available for you and the whole family. There are Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals that you can sign up for on the Next Steps page of the website. Uh, there are wallpapers to remind you of the weekly application question and a message just for kids. Our Centerway kids learn from the same scriptures that you're about to hear, but with kid-friendly content. If you have kids in your home, you can discuss and apply the word and grow as a family. All these resources are available on our website. Now, if you're watching live this morning, there are tabs to share your info, to give, to take next steps, to find previous messages, to request prayer, and even to share this message. If you're watching or listening later, you can do those things through our website. Now we have some mailings and email info prepared to send in the next few weeks. If you're not a part of our mailing list, you can sign up for that on the next steps page of our website. Now here's what to expect today. In just a moment, Joe will be reading the scripture text for us. Claude will be communicating from the Bible. And then you'll hear some ways to respond in worship. Immediately after the message, you can join us live on Instagram or Facebook as a way to respond through song. Now here's Joe with the text for today. Good morning, Centerway Church. My name is Joe Rogers. I'm going to be reading the scripture today. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1-12. through 12. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and, and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and th this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that has been concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has a testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made, made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is his testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has a Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. 
Have a great Sunday, Centerway. Good morning and welcome. My name is Claude and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church. Super excited that you have the opportunity to join us this morning as we continue on in our series, For the Love. And uh, this morning, uh, this morning's message is actually entitled specifically, uh, Follow Jesus. So for the love, follow Jesus, right? Can't you just sum everything up that way? It's kind of a, a low-hanging fruit title, but um, we're continuing on in our um, a series through First John, and specifically the beginning of chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, which you just heard read. Um, when I think about uh, who I am as a person, I can think back on certain qualities that I possess that remind me of uh, my parents or my grandparents. Um, some of them are super obvious. Some of them are almost annoying and I wish it wasn't the truth. You know what I mean? You know, when you're like, I won't do that, that my parents did and then you do. <laughs> um, but as far as positive things, um, I get my addiction to coffee from my father. There's no question whether or not that's inherited or just kind of picked up as, as you go. Um, my love affair with chocolate is definitely from my mother. And uh, my grandfather on my dad's side, um, he passed away when I was young, but uh, as, a, as a young person, I still have a ton of huge memories of him having like an addiction to ice cream. Uh, it seems like almost every time we went anywhere with him in the car, he was finding an ice cream place and pulling over and saying, hey kids, you want ice cream, want ice cream? And uh, I, carry on that tradition. Now, whether or not I picked it up from him, I'm not sure, but I definitely have a problem when it comes to ice cream. Um, my wife is a little bit of a faster eater than I am. I tend to be a slow eater in general, um, but so maybe she's not really a fast eater. She just is fast compared to me. But when it comes to ice cream, no contest. Like I literally just consume it. Um, I think it's completely normal, but Complete strangers seem disturbed by the way in which I chew and consume ice cream at a ridiculously fast rate. And uh, I have a specific ice cream that is kind of my Achilles heel. That is Cherry Garcia. Um, ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia is like the Lord informed them to create that so I could find a little bit of joy from time to time. The problem is um, I get like a craving for it. And my wife will be like, oh, I got you some Cherry Garcia. And I sit and I eat the entire container, the whole thing. I don't know if that's disgusting or disturbing. My family at this point laughs about it, but there was definitely a moment where they were horrified and almost borderline disgusted. Like, actually, my wife will still from time to time be like, you ate it all? Wait, did you just eat all of that? And I do it fast too. And I enjoy it, so I don't know how that happens. But in either case, I have a craving for Cherry Garcia and I just, I give into it 100% of the time I have a problem. And so the question I want to, to ask all of us this morning as we go through 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 12 is this, why do we sometimes give in to our cravings? Why do we sometimes give in to our cravings? We all have cravings. We all have them. I know, uh, you know, we like to kind of make a joke about the cravings that pregnant uh, women have, but the reality is every single one of us possesses a craving from time to time. The question is, why do we give in to them? So if we all have cravings as humans, why do we sometimes give in to them? And uh, I want to submit to you 
that we sometimes give in to our cravings because we believe the lie that we can find contentment in the created. Let me say that again, because it's it might be a little bit more uh, deep than you were prepared for at the moment. I think we sometimes give in to our cravings because we believe the lie that we can find contentment in the created. In that moment, we think, man, if I just have that ice cream, if I, if I can just have that cup of coffee, oh man, it'll, it'll bring me the comfort I'm looking for. It'll bring me the joy I'm looking for. It'll give me the sense of contentment. But ultimately that thing, whatever it might be, is a created thing. By the way, that's the definition of idolatry, which means it's a sin. And guess what? As humans, we all have cravings that we give into and that we kind of elevate as our source of comfort. You see, it's one thing to like something, right? So, so don't, confuse, don't get confused this morning that I'm saying like, if you eat ice cream, you're sinning. I mean, I guess it depends on the manner in which you eat ice cream, but that's the point is like, you can have ice cream, you can have things that are created and enjoy them. The problem is when you elevate them, when you crave them and you give into that craving because it's a source of joy, a source of comfort, you're putting in that moment, that thing you crave in the place that's reserved for only God. So we have to come to grips with the reality that if we as humans have a propensity to have cravings that we elevate, that we give into, that we're all sinners, right? And John has already talked about that in early chapters, that if you think you're not a sinner, you're lying to yourself, he says rather bluntly. So my, uh, my wife, Meredith, recently uh, posted a picture on her Instagram stories of her and her younger sister. Uh, it's her younger sister's birthday recently, and so she kind of posted this childhood picture of the two of them. And uh, it was immediately getting comments uh, to her directly about how much one of our girls looks just like her. Like people immediately said that our oldest looks exactly like Meredith as a child. And then others were insisting like, no, 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 it's definitely your second oldest that, that looks exactly like you as a child. And uh, the truth is they're probably all right, right? Like we see a little bit of each of us in our children. And, uh, and we all do that, by the way, don't we? We all kind of make these claims about how we see someone in the face of their children. You know, I, I know I do it. I actually just recently did it. Um, the Hamlins, Eric and Deidre, just recently had a baby, little Ezekiel. And um, we, when they came home from the hospital, we went over to their home and uh, brought them some things. And as we're sitting there looking at him, just immediately I started being like, oh my gosh, you know, his lips look just like, oh, his eyes, his nose. And, and we just lean in and we're like enamored by it. But for some reason we, we see the faces of their parents in their children. It's just something that is a reality. We see family resemblance. Whether we like it or not, we see those family resemblance and we have to give it voice. We see them in their children. But it goes beyond just that. Growing up, I had a, a friend who was adopted. And uh, I remember I was with him. We were going to go fishing. And uh, we went into a local place to get some tackle. And when we went in, a stranger uh, said, oh, you must be so-and-so's boy. Like right away, he said it to him. And, uh, and again, he's adopted. <laughs> and so my friend looked at him and said, yeah, how'd you know that? Like thinking, you know, maybe he'd seen them together or something like that. And, uh, 
and he says, well, I'll tell you what, like father, like son. And uh, it was kind of cool. My, my friend like kind of put his chest out, like was kind of proud. But uh, the thing that was interesting is he said, your mannerisms, the way you speak, the way you carry yourself, everything about you reminds me of your father, reminds me of your dad. He was adopted. But the close relationship with his adoptive father and his proximity had an impact on the way he looked, the way he carried himself, the way he appeared to others. He could tell that there was a family resemblance. Even though they weren't physically related, there was a family resemblance. Enough for others to notice. Now, some of you might already kind of be putting the pieces together this morning, but let's go on the journey anyway, because John is addressing the obviousness of familial traits in this morning's text. Verse 4 says this, Verse 4, chapter 5 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. So everyone that's been born of God overcomes the world, and it's our faith that does this. You know, the word for faith in this verse right here is actually, in the Greek, a noun. It's a noun, and that might seem kind of like, okay, who cares? But everywhere else that faith is used in this letter that John has written, it's a verb. So here, John is saying faith, faith that overcomes the world, is a thing. It's a thing you can possess, you can have. You can have this faith. Get this, the nature of the faith that overcomes the world is made clear in a rhetorical question that's then answered in the next verse. So let's read that together. It says in verse 5, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So faith, the thing that you possess, is actually something that, that is connected to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Listen, we overcome our cravings. We overcome the system of the world, not through self-management, not through trying harder. No, we overcome our cravings for this world and the lies that are spoken to us and over us by focusing on truth, the truth of the gospel. Jesus is the only one who never gave in to his cravings. And he paid the penalty with his life as if he did so that we can have victory over the cravings we possess. Think about that for a second. He died a death that you and I deserve so that we can walk in victory. He secured our adopted relationship into the family of God, co-heirs with Christ, And now the question is, do we possess a resemblance? Because it gets better. In victory, in victory, others will see our Christ-likeness as children of God. And in our struggles, because we know that life is not a bunch of victory after victory after victory. I think oftentimes in Christendom, we believe this lie that once we come into relationship with God, that angels sing and then we just run through fields of flowers and people just give us money and we find gold under rocks. And it's like, oh my goodness, provision around every corner. Nothing's ever wrong. Nobody's ever sad. Jesus. 
as incredible as it is to be a, a child of the living God and to walk in that freedom, the fact is we have struggles. We have struggles in this world system. There is a broken world we're living in. And those struggles, in the midst of our struggles, we can find truth and grace and mercy by looking to Jesus. Why? Because we possess faith. As children of God, we are more than conquerors. And even in our brokenness, we can find hope. John clarifies in verse 6. He goes on, he says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. Now that verse, you might be like, what in the world is being talked about? Like blood and water, blood and water, Spirit is truth. Let's consider the context of, of 1 John. He's addressing the fact that there are people that are against Christ, right? And he talks about them, he classifies them as antichrists, against Christ. Okay, And there's this group of antichrists, people against Christ, that are speaking against him to a group of churches. And so John is writing this open letter to churches, and he's clarifying truth against the lies that they're speaking. One of the things that this group of people were doing is that they were conceding that Jesus was a prophet and that he did, in fact, baptize people. They were conceding that. He was a good person, but he wasn't God. He wasn't God. And so John is clarifying here, listen, it's not the water only that Jesus came by, but also the blood. Now, it's both, and it's important for us today, not because there are specific people that are maybe anti-Christ in our lives, per se, but the fact is, we have people that are pushing into the idea that, listen, you know, Jesus was, was an actual historical person. He was probably a good prophet, a good person. But was he God? I mean, we have record that he died, but did he really rise again? And I want to ask you this morning, Christ follower, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do you live as if you follow a prophet? Or do you live as one that's been transformed by the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. That's something that only you can evaluate. Can you evaluate for just a moment within yourself? Do you live a transformed life? Or are you living as one that, that has baptized you? Like, hey, listen, you know, good person, and, uh, and this is a really great journey I'm on. Or do you live transformed by the redeeming blood of Jesus more than a conqueror? Are you clearly a son or daughter of the living God? Anyone can say that there are kids, mine and Meredith. I mean, obviously, you'd have to be younger than us. <laughs> but for the most part, anyone could proclaim to be like, oh, yeah, those are my parents. And maybe they could even convince you for a while um, that they are for some unknown reason. I don't know how it would benefit them. <laughs> but if you talked to our actual kids, they wouldn't have to declare themselves our children, right? You'd see some resemblances in their faces, in the way they carry themselves, in their mannerisms. If you talked to them, you'd see the family resemblance, right? Verse 12 says this. Whoever has the Son has life. 
Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Has the Son. Whoever has the Son, like how in the world do we have Jesus? It's talking again about abiding, about abiding in him. For the love, follow Jesus. For the love, follow Jesus. Declare where he goes, I will go. Listen, relationships, not acquaintances, actual relationships impact how we look, how we act, how we speak, what we value, and even our decisions. People can see whose child we are. Are you a child of the living God? Our relationships inform our future. You know, there's uh, someone that once said, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's a lot to be said to that. We model a lot of our decision-making, a lot of the values that we possess, the things that we laugh at, the way that we even invest our finances and the stuff that we own and choose to purchase based on the relationships that we have, the people closest to us that are allowed to speak into our lives. Are you in relationship with Jesus? Are you in relationship with Jesus? Do you, do you have him to the point where it's evident in the way that you carry yourself, the decisions you make, what you possess? Do you have the son? For the love, follow Jesus. Because it will transform every aspect of your life. You can walk in victory as more than a conqueror. And in your darkest moments of struggle and pain and hurt, you can declare that you are a child of the living God. Jesus will walk alongside you in the darkest moments of your life. It will inform every decision that you make. We say often here at Centerway that the text requires something of us. And so I want to ask you a question as we contemplate the implications of the text this morning. The question is this, what life-giving decision will I make because of my faith? What life, what, I'm going to read it because I'm getting it wrong. What life-giving decision, what life-giving decision will I make because of my faith? For some of you this morning, your application is a life-giving decision in the context of who is the Lord and leader of your life. Are you going to continue to pursue the cravings of this world and just give in and elevate the things that feel right in the moment? Or you're going to allow the reality that Jesus laid down his life for you, paid the penalty for your sin, for mine. Will you declare him the Lord and leader of your life and choose to follow him today? If that's you, it's as simple as praying a prayer wherever you find yourself this morning. Just admitting that you're a sinner and that Jesus paid the price for your sins, that he died the death you deserve. You just ask him to forgive you and be the Lord and leader of your life. In fact, if you prayed that prayer right now or as you pray it, I want to encourage you if you're on the live platform to click uh, prayer request and you'll be joined immediately by one of our hosts to walk you through the next steps of the decision that you've made. If you're listening to this later, I want to encourage you to go to our website, maybe email us and just let us know of your decision so that we can walk alongside you in this exciting uh, season that you find yourself. For others of us this morning, if you've already crossed that line of faith, the, the text still requires something of us. There's still something to apply here. And uh, for you this morning, it might be that you have to increase proximity. 
that maybe there are moments and glimpses where maybe someone could mistake you as a child of God or slightly different, but more often than not, there are moments and seasons where you give into the cravings of your life. You go into the, the system of this world and it just immerses you and we have to increase our proximity to Jesus. Maybe that's what your application looks like is a decision to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a life-giving decision to carve out more time with God, whether that means extended prayer time or engaging in our devotions that we have on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe it means being walked alongside in a, in a journey of discipleship. We have one-on-one spiritual coaching that we make available that you can sign up for even during this season. I don't know what the decision may be, but I want to encourage you to take a step in your journey. Maybe you've already crossed that line of faith and maybe you already live in extreme close proximity to Jesus. Have you acted on what God has been telling you to do? I want to challenge you to consider what it looks like to be a committed Christ follower living right on the edge of what it is that God might be asking you to do. To not be kind of lulled to sleep in the contentment of this world or in the, the, the concerns and the worries of this world, but instead to lean into the, the whisper that God may be speaking to you. If you're in relationship with him, if you're a child of the living God, then take God risks. Do something outside of the ordinary for his glory, where maybe you'll get none of the glory, but he'll get all of it. I just want to challenge you to consider what life-giving decision will I make because of my faith? Let's pray together as we contemplate this. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We're so grateful for who you are. We're grateful for the reality that we can have victory, ultimately, that we can walk in the victory that you provide, but that day to day we can have victory and that even in our struggles, we can find mercy and grace and hope because of the blood that you shed, that you're our Savior that you're our baptizer and our savior. We thank you for that. Pray that you would speak to us, that you would impress in our hearts and mind what it is that we should do and how it is that we should respond as you lead and guide us. In your name we pray, amen, amen. I wanna encourage you to stay with us uh, as someone's about to explain how to continue uh, in responding this morning. We hope to see you next week as we continue the series for the love. Hi, Centerway. I'm Meredith, and I am so happy to be gathering together this morning. As we wrap up today, remember there are many ways to respond to the scripture text and many ways to worship this week. One of the ways that we can worship corporately is through singing, which we're about to do if you're gathered with us live. For those of you that are watching or listening to the message later, no worries. You can just find the songs that we're about to sing on Spotify. Search Centerway Church and look for our For the Love playlist. For help continuing to respond throughout the week or to take any next steps, just visit our website, centerwaychurch.com. But for those of you online with us this morning, we will see you live on Instagram or Facebook in just a few minutes.